guys ready for this? Born ready. Let's begin then. The Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 142. Can you believe it, guys? The big 142. I think a very uh, popular number all around. I'm your usual 142nd episode spectacular. Yeah, there you go. I'm your usual host, Jared. I am joined today by Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. Now with 100% less malware than Street Fighter V. Yeah, Lucio is virus-free because he didn't buy Street Fighter V on a PC like a sucker. That's right. Uh, I don't know who buys fighting games on the PC anyway. but uh, People forget malware. We also have Mr. Michael Mahoney. It launched me over 23 child. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we have uh, <laughs> Mr. Doug Wilson. Hey, it's me. Tell your kids. <laughs> Tell your kids it's me. Yeah, that's a normal that's a normal thing too. You guys have really got to work on these uh sign in lines. Um, well, all you did was shit over my last one. No, Jared. never mind, so Michael. You Yours is great. Everyone will get what you said. So I think I think it's fantastic. Yeah. That's not a let me say joke at all. It's not even remotely an inside joke. So if you didn't get it, it's just because you're stupid. Yes. You're not with it. Guys, let's, let's start out the week by uh, by kind of recapping some of the stuff that's happened. And uh, actually, you know what? No, let's start it this way. Let's start just by talking some shit. Doesn't Watch Dogs Two look like garbage? It yeah. looks like it looks like Michael Bay is trying to make a hip version of Deus Ex, <laughs> and they're succeeding. Oh my god. Uh, Ubisoft invited a bunch of uh, media uh, outlets up to their studio to uh, basically play like an hour of the game and get a B-roll of footage. Well, I guess it's not B-roll, but but to get a direct feed uh, of the game and take it back and then present it. And I watched the giant bomb one today. But beyond that, Ubisoft also re- revealed the story trailer, which I I don't know, like... I, where do we start? The tone of this game, I still can't nail it down. So maybe you guys can can weigh in on this for me. Do you think it's like, retarded? Do you think they know that it's as stupid as it is? It's and, hard to tell, man. And like, and like they're in on the joke, or do you think that like they really thought that this is just perfect and like, so like they, they think video it's game video game development is like one of the nerdiest things you can do, right? Sure. How do they not get that hackers aren't super rad? Like, they, they look like... They're 400-pound bedridden people. <laughs> that's, uh, what, that's what I yeah. hear, at least. Right, that, that's, that's what the official sources say. But, um, no, what I'm saying is, like, you know, these guys obviously know, like, the kind of person that becomes a hacker, right? I'm pretty yeah, sure someone think- could hack into stuff themselves. Do you think when and- Devin, the video game developer, looks in a mirror, he sees, like, a super cool action hero? <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. It's like, how do they not know? Like, well, that's 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 this, this looks. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of like those like super cool ninety hacker movies. Yeah, like, actually, actually yeah. the one guy that put put like the the aluminum foil next to the phone and be like, I have long distance now. <laughs> I would I would agree with you that I think it is as detached from reality as the movie Hackers was. I would definitely, uh, I would definitely follow agreement on that. Like right, right. This feels like something that the people who cast uh, Chris Hemsworth as a hacker would do. <laughs> um, like, it looks like about us. That's true to life. So, like from a story perspective, it it's tone deaf. It's kind of dumb. It seems to be tackling 
Like it, it feels like a game that maybe like has something to say about large scale corporations stepping on the little guy, but like it's never going to say that. And beyond that, nobody turns to their video game. It's kind of like Deus Ex, right? Like Deus Ex has something to say about, um, you know, um, racial segregation, segregation and, and uh, not necessarily race, but, you know, a similar concept. And I don't I haven't finished it yet. I'm on the very last stretch, but Lucio's done with it. And I highly doubt that you set down that game and felt differently about segregation. <laughs> No, I was like, no, man, we have to end up our height. It's not like you... It's not like you. Then I found out I was about 20 years too late. It's not like when you finish the last page of Animal Farm and you have to like sit and think about it for a second. It's not quite so, that. So, I mean, I, I, I'm willing to give Deus Ex credit for like a swing and a miss. You know what I mean? Like they, oh, they, yeah. they really try. They really try to make it meaningful. I think they completely missed the mark. Compared to but what they, we're seeing with Watch Dogs, though, Deus, exactly. Deus Ex is like... <laughs> It is like you know King Lear. Atlas shrugged. I mean, it, yeah, it's <laughs> Atlas shrugged is much better. <laughs> King, <laughs> I just tried to think. Of hey, King Lear like, is a good book too. No, hey, King Lear, classic. But um, I think I think we've discussed this before. But has anyone ever played a video game that made them think differently about like a real world topic? I don't know that I'd say it made me think differently. Like it certainly didn't change my opinion on anything. Um, but I think okay. that. Uh, I think like Gone Home does a very good job of like humanizing um, people in the LGBT community. Um, mm-hmm. Not that they needed to be humanized all that much, but uh, I, I think it does a. I, I think it tells a really nice story that's you know not profound by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you guys will think I'm I'm lame for saying this, but I think uh, I like The Last of Us, uh, specifically the end of The Last of Us. Oh. Why would that be lame? That was a touching story. Well, and, and more so than that, like I think that there's like a conversation to be had about like whether or not that worked out the way it should have, or whether or not like mm-hmm. that was the right thing to do, or um, you know, I, I I like that. Like I think there's at least a discussion to be had there. There's no discussion to be had after Watch Dogs Two <laughs> credits roll, and like um, sure there is. Wasn't it sweet when he did the thing and there was the fireball and he ran away from it and dove? And you could tell you could tell how tone deaf it is because like he's sitting there talking about how we can't stomp out like the little guy and we have to, you know, the these corporations don't care about the common man. And then he goes out into the street and like hacks someone's car and crashes them into a horrible <laughs> six car pileup at a red light so that he can escape the police, you know? And Going to my, my, Michael's question, um, I think games like Paper, Please, and This War of Mine, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. they might not change your mind, but at least they do a really good job of like putting you there, you know? Um, yeah. Like, I even think that living in, in, in a totalitarian state, doing paperwork to try to keep my family fed was fun, but, you know, it's, it's a good way to illustrate the point. Really changed your opinion on authoritarianism. Well, maybe yes, you, maybe you won't lose your temper as easily next time you go through customs. <laughs> um, and then, you know, like this war of mine. I don't know. Do you guys know who Joe Sacco is? I know who Jose Canseco is. Yeah, yeah, that guy. So he's a journalist that has basically covered a lot of these huge conflicts like Bosnia. You know, he's been in Palestine. He's covered. He's covered uh, wars. He's covered there, wars. He's, yeah. he's covered wars, you know. 
Um, and he does this, um, he writes books, but he also does this really great graphic novels of like the seas of Sarajevo and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I do and he, you know, his stuff reminds me a lot of like this war of mine, but this war of mine makes a call in that, you know, you're not kind of expecting, like you are the one who has to make the choice if you're going to shoot like an old couple in the back just so you can get some food, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool way to explore it. I don't think it changed my mind. Again, I don't think that before I went into it, I thought, hey, wouldn't it be fine to live in the siege of Sarajevo? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know. It, Refugees it, got it so cool. Yeah, exactly. What about you? you? Know, I, it still was a really good way of exploring it. What about you, Doug? What's the most profound game that you've played? Well, I guess, I, I, maybe not profound, but a game, I did play a game that changed my mind on a certain subject. <laughs> what game is Was it Dinner Date? <laughs> no, I, I played Lords of the Fallen, and it, it made me rethink my stance on murder. <laughs> I think it's justifiable in some cases. He didn't used to be pro-death penalty, but now. Now, I, yeah, yeah I, I believe it. I think that's literally like, that seems like, it seems like that might be the only game you've played. I worry. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like your worst game, your best game. You played Lords of the Fallen. Game. Maybe That's true. I haven't played very many games recently. You, so You did a Dark Souls you think, Doug, you think Doug just hangs up on the podcast every uh, Tuesday and then just goes into his room and sits in the dark being mad about Lords of the Fallen? I think he plays it again <laughs> so that he can like... Yeah, so he can have more material. I think so he can keep the, the anger alive. I think the first, the a knife first over time, his penis and plays Lords of the Fallen. I like to imagine that the first time you played it, lightning struck his house and it shocked him and like did something to his body where it created like a symbiotic relationship where if he doesn't play Lords <laughs> of the Fallen for an hour a week, he dies. <laughs> that. I imagine he, he uh, he's, uh, serves himself a glass of bourbon and you know, sits in his most comfortable chair, staring at the Lord of the Fallen box in rage. Yeah, for hours and hours. true. So we didn't get invited, of course, to go play Watch Dogs Two, but I did watch. Uh, Giant, oh, I was there. I watched Giant Bombs coverage of it. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, and like Giant Bomb was very diplomatic. You know, Dan Reichert came back and said, like, oh, you know, it's uh, it's pretty good. I got my eyes on this one and. Jeff Gerstmann even did his best to like smile and nod and be like, yes, perhaps this will be okay game. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of moments in the footage. What, one thing that I, I like about Dan is I think he imparts a lot of his personality in how he plays the game. I don't know if that really makes sense, but like there's a part where he accidentally hacked into a forklift that he didn't mean to be controlling and the first thing he did was drive it over to one of the guards and try to drop the payload onto the guard's head. <laughs> and I just, as I knew the second I saw him moving the forks up and down, I was like, he's going to try and smash someone with that. And uh, sure enough, I he went it did not work. It doesn't work. It, the guard just like oh. the guard just like slips right through it. And not only oh, that, the guard doesn't even seem to think it's weird that it's happening. <laughs> like there's actually everyone in this world is very oblivious. Like Dan, you're you're obviously meant to like. They think that you'll get into it enough that like you'll go hide and then break out your drones and like fly your little robots into the mission area. Um, but Dan just like s- sets up right outside the gates. He's like sometimes yeah, he's, he's just like standing in plain sight. Sometimes he's a foot away from a guard who is facing him, but because he hasn't crossed over into the red zone yet, the guard well, doesn't trigger. But so he's sitting there and he he literally launches a fucking drone into the building and starts like hacking into their shit. 
and uh, nobody ever bothers to like say anything to him. Um, he really, I feel like the entire time I watched him play that game, he was playing it in a way that it was not intended to be played. Um, yeah, he, he he seemed to break a lot of he a lot of things. He completely forgoes stealth. Like he, what he does basically at every mission is he just sends his robots in and hacks as much stuff as he can. And then when he thinks he's got a clear path to the goal, he just runs right past. <laughs> he just runs past everybody to see if he can get to the goal. And uh, there's no stealth. He, he barely even fights people. Like he just he just books it straight for the truck. And then, uh, and then drive. I think it's great because that, that's kind of like you know, why didn't your QA guys catch this? You know. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I really like that. That's how he decided to play the game. Um, it's weird to me that he walked out of it thinking it was a pretty good game, but like, there's there's a lot of games where that works, where you can just like sprint. Dark Souls is one of those where like I've talked mm -hmm. about that before. How I can just sprint through Dark Souls uh, a lot of the time. And, I was just um, sprinting through some Dark Souls right before this. Yeah, see, and I mean, it's definitely not meant for that, but uh, yeah. it works. It's a strategy, especially in Dark Souls fucking two with this cheap enemy placement. I played a game well, tonight that you can't sprint through. Um, we'll talk about it later, I guess. But <laughs> is it the game I think it is? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. But that would be that would be pretty terrible if it was that game. You got to use stealth. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> gotta go quietly. But yeah, wa Watch Dogs Two is uh, is not great looking. I, I it could be. I mean, watching him dick around, he was obviously having a good time. I don't think you saw it, Lucio. But there's a part where he takes his flying drone into the strip club. And no, I didn't see that the drone can just like open the door. Like he flies the drone into the door and the door opens and he <laughs> just goes right in. Nobody really thinks this is strange at all. And he just drops a bunch of explosives in the strip club and then blows it up. Uh, <laughs> and then and then goes right back oh, out yeah. the door, like opens and closes the door. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, so good. Yeah, anyway, that's that's the deal there. Uh, what else do we have in the news? Uh, this is very brief, but Titanfall 2, which we've talked about a little bit here. Uh, they announced this last week that they are putting attrition back into the game. So, oh, that's right. That's good news. That is good news. Yeah, actually, it's really good news for once. Um, and that paired with a lot of the other changes they make, it's it's a tough relationship. Like it's ups and downs. I think I played the tech test and I was like, oh, this won't be very good. And then they made some changes and I was like, well, maybe this could be good. And then. Now they're making more changes, and I feel even better about it. So I don't know. Like this could be, this could be a like, much bigger disappointment. Well, it, it could expected. simultaneously though. This could be like a huge turnaround from a very negatively received public beta to final product. Like they, it sounds like they could really make a big difference in uh, in what what you're seeing there. So I don't know. I'm curious to see how that works out. But uh, the most popular game mode from the series is back. Originally, they said it would not be featured, but it it is there now. So they basically said not to like nuke their own. Yeah, yeah, their exactly. own game. That's, I will that's say, amazing. I will say a lot of people associated with them and some of like the defenders of the franchise, like the diehard fans who would have accepted anything. I will say that some of them have been kind of indignant about the whole thing. Uh, like they're making these posts where like, well. I guess that tech test wasn't representative of the final product after all, and everyone shouldn't have jumped the gun and talked shit. And it's like, I don't think any of these changes that they're making would have happened if people didn't talk shit. You know what I mean? Well, not only that, it's it's perfectly reasonable to play something and then say you didn't like it. 
Sure, yeah, that too. Uh, like but, if the game came out and it was like a, a match three puzzle game, like you'd be right to be upset that it didn't match the tech demo. <laughs> yeah, that too. Although it would be a pretty sweet surprise. Yeah, actually, that'd be... Uh, well, I mean, they're already making Titanfall into a card game, so... Well, there you go. Uh, why not make it a match three puzzle game too? Tetrisfall. Titan. No. Tetrisfall. Tetrisfall's good. No, 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 no. That's good. Well, I want a dating yeah. sim where you date the Titans. Oh, that's oh, good yeah. too. Maybe both, like a uh, like a uh, uh, honey like pop. A honey pop. Yeah, like honey yeah. pop. Uh, yeah. A match three puzzle game where you date the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I think Which that, is a I think, that, I think there's a game there. I think there's a game where you just take honey pop and replace the women with giant mechs. And like I mean, there's already crown of beards again. We got another one. You bring them oil for presents and things <laughs> like that. There's already a game where you date pigeons, so you know. Right. See, we can just be Robotafuru boyfriend. Exactly, there you go. Yeah, Robotafuru boyfriend. See, I brought you some silicate. Oh, you're the sweetest. <laughs> Here's a dandy new motherboard. You are the best. <laughs> you Give make me, me a feel kiss. on my down lower ports. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we could show some pretty explicit port stuff, too. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. That's a game. Lock, lock it up, man. Fixed uh, another series. Man. Yeah, man, we're on a roll. Speaking of Ubisoft from our Watch Dogs discussion, I should mention that not only is Ubisoft out to release some of the best games that you're going to see in the coming months, they are also going to be releasing some of the best books that you see <laughs> uh, because they have recently opened a publishing house, which makes sense. They already have a lot of... Um, uh, other bad things uh, that they're doing yeah like assassin's creed i think there's already a couple novelizations out there yeah there's a bunch of comic books my hope is that they go the kingdom hearts route and uh start putting like essential plot elements actually kingdom hearts isn't really fair because they've constrained it mostly to games halo halo let's say halo yeah uh, my hope is that they'll go the halo route and start taking key critical details and putting them into books uh, so that you have to read in order to be able to play their games anymore. That would be great. So let's do that. Three cheers I mean, for Ubisoft. Story is the worst thing Ubisoft does. Like it's like the stuff that they're the worst at. So I, I applaud What's the game? their decision to like spend money on that, <laughs> uh, on bringing us more of that. I mean, I feel like it didn't used to be a problem. Like, they used to have decent writing in their games. Didn't? Sure, so did Bioware. Now look at them. But, like, I, I think it's one of those things where when you're... Um, and, and I'm totally, you know, firing from the hip here, but I think when you're, like, a businessman, you look at things like that and you say, well, that doesn't... Like, nobody buys a game because the story is good. They buy the game because the graphics are good and the shooting is good and there's stabbings. Um, you know, if, if the writing's good, that's just like a cherry on top. So when you have like Amy Hennig working for you and she wants, you know, lots of money, I think it's easy to say like, well, I'll just hire my teen son, Garrett, to write this, this game. He's pretty good. You're right. And that's why Ubisoft has been on a three year winning streak of just nothing but perfect games. Thanks, Garrett. You're the best. Anyway, all the best so, stories are from Garrett's. All the, all the best stories, that's true. Can you name any story by a Garrett? Um, uh, Garrett Hendricks of Mice and Men. Oh, yeah, you're right. He did write of Mice and Men. 
That's and a also good, pretty good one too. That's a rock solid one. Yeah. Um, classic novel. I think uh, King Lear. I think that was a Garrett Hendricks one too. There you go. Perfect. No, not Garrett Hendricks. That was Garrett Weinstein. Oh, because of Lear. I see. No, because he was a Jew. Oh, right. <laughs> Got them, Doug. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Should we talk? Thanks, Ubisoft. You, you brought out the Nazi in, in Doug. Should we talk about some games? You guys want to talk about a, little, a couple of a couple, couple, couple of games? Sure. There's um today marks the release of the latest Sonic title, uh, <laughs> entitled entitled Sonic Yay! Boom Fire and Ice, and in celebration of that game's release, I thought that it might be a good time for us to bring back the beloved and hit game Sonic or sitcom. Oh, I thought it was gonna be what came first. No, but we could play that too, I suppose. <laughs> Why not? So, if you're just joining us for the first time, Sonic or Sitcom is the exciting new uh, game that is sweeping the nation. People play it in their homes, and the premise here is basically uh, we take a look at, I think tonight we have seven, seven descriptions of television episodes. Some of these episodes are the Sonic Boom TV show, but some of these episodes I have switched with, uh, I think these are all 90s, 90s sitcoms. Um, specifically, when I say 90s sitcoms, I, I've swapped out the names as well. Or if there's like a TV show, I've changed the name of the show so that it will uh, it will fit into the Sonic. Well, actually, sometimes I don't even have to. But anyway, uh, the, our contestants, you three, your goal is to tell me whether or not the... Uh, the description that I read to you is from Sonic or if it is from a 90s sitcom. And you will get extra points if you are able to tell me what 90s sitcom it comes from should it not be from Sonic. Is everyone clear on the rules? Yes, sir. 100%. Extremely. All right. Let's let's not delay. Let's get started. So uh, scenario number one. We have When Knuckles replaces Comedy Chimp on the Comedy Chimp television show. Comedy Chimp elicits the help of Eggman to steal back the show. Sonic and the gang must save their friend. I want to say that's the Simpsons episode with Gabble. That does kind of sound like a Simpsons That's episode. what I was thinking, too. But, but Jared's surprised what you suggested. Yeah, so that means that he's not. Well, it's not the Simpsons, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Doug, what do you think it is? Is that Sonic or sitcom? Uh, it's sitcom. It's the Goldbergs on ABC. <laughs> are we saying sitcom? Is that what you guys are saying? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Sonic. Okay. Uh, Michael is correct. It is Sonic Boom uh, from the back half of the first season. Jesus Christ. The first something season. About, something about the thing about having to save his friends. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's like we really did an episode of the Golden Girls, like skip to the second commercial, being like, "Will Dorothy save Rose?" <laughs> right, right. <laughs> which which Golden Girl will make it out alive? <laughs> I mean, there, there were a few shows like that. Like the Simpsons had a, a few of those. Oh yeah, that's well, and like uh, like Urkel, you know, have adventures like that. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, here we go. Here's the next one. Scenario number two, Sonic tries to beat Eggman in the neighborhood Christmas light contest, but Tails is leaking information to Eggman's granddaughter on whom he has a crush. Is that Sonic 
or sitcom? That's home improvement. I think it's home improvement, yeah. Doug, what do you think? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Sonic. Okay, uh, it it actually is home improvement. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, that sounds a lot like home improvement. Do you specifically remember the episode, or do you think that just sounds enough like home improvement to be? No, I, I don't remember the episode, but I, I watched enough home improvement to, to kind of know was, the flavor. And you know what? It was a pretty consistent running joke that he was always fighting the the other guy about the lights. Yeah. I'm giving you bonus bonus points because you called it home improvement and not tool time. Tool time. <laughs> hey, wait. <laughs> you should give him even more bonus points if they do the little grunt, the stupid grunt he does. All right, Lucio, do a grunt. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. Michael. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that was a real Weinstein grunt right there. <laughs> Oy vey. <laughs> it's me, Tim the Tool Man. <laughs> no, but I am the studio exec who greenlight the show. Oy vey. <laughs> I want Dr. Grunt. All right, that's No, no, let's move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next up. <laughs> All right. Home improvement, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, next up. Scenario number three. After destroying Amy's couch, Sonic and Knuckles enter a best friend game show in order to win her a new one. Unfortunately, the show pairs Sonic up with Eggman, whose allegiances are questionable at best. <laughs> Ooh. We have a Sonic or a sitcom. I want to say Sonic. This I know this is the plot, at least ostensibly, to a couple of sitcoms. Yeah, going on a game show is uh, is a pretty pretty popular go to. I think. Yeah. Destroys her couch, huh? Destroys her couch. I'm gonna say Sonic. Doug, what do you think? You guys are all wrong. This is from the Bernie Mac show. Rest in peace. Uh, it, actu- it actually is from Sonic Boom. That is a Sonic Boom episode. All right. We're getting I, good I kind of figure because, like, like Michael said, it, it's a common um, a common plot for sitcoms, and most of the Sonic stuff seems to be stolen. <laughs> Probably the most common. I am, I am concerned. That is true. Michael's right. You guys are getting kind of good at this. Like, maybe, maybe too much fun. We've lost. Maybe our now it's time we wrote for Sonic. All right. Well, next up, scenario number four, I think. Uh, Doctor Eggman is in trouble with his homeowners association and potentially faces eviction. He decides to best them while hosting a fancy dinner party. <laughs> is that Sonic or sitcom? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm pretty sure this is an episode of Frasier. Which I say every time we do this, but this time I think it actually is. <laughs> All right. Doug, what do you think? Sonic or sitcom? The sitcom. The New Adventures of Old Christine. Okay. And Lucio, what do you say? Everybody hates Chris. Okay. So you're all saying sitcom? Yes. yes. It is Sonic Boom. Are you serious? Doctor no way. Really? Doctor do, do kids really like, want to talk about homeowners associations? What's wrong with the kids? Dr. Eggman has to contend with his homeowners association. <laughs> That's like the wow, most like mundane bullshit yesterday. Now, to 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 his to their credit, uh, the the homeowners association's complaint regarding Eggman uh, is that he has too many robots. So <laughs> I feel like that's, that's racist. I feel like that probably would have helped. I I played Deus Ex and it completely changed my mind about robot rights. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, that is that is Sonic <laughs> Boom. 
Are you ready for the next one, number five? Sure, I guess. Here we go. Uh, Styx is taken into the forest for the village's traditional wilderness rite of passage, which teaches the value of the family. But when Sonic, Knuckles, and Tails get stuck in a tar pit, their only hope for survival is Styx. Jesus, fuck. What do we think? Sonic or sitcom? Dinosaurs. Okay, Lucio, what do you say? I want to go with Sonic. And Doug, what do you say? George Lopez. <laughs> I got I to gotta hand it to Michael. It is Dinosaurs. All right. Wow. That's from the popular sitcom puppet show, Dinosaurs. That's the one where they said, not the mama. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it actually is. Uh, next up, we have uh, Amy goes on a talk show to promote her new book about men who are bad for women and takes along her prime example, Sonic. Wow, what a switch move. What do we think? Is that Sonic or sitcom? Sitcom? I'm inclined to say sitcom. They would do an episode that bitchy on, would they? I don't know. What do you think? They had a homeowners association episode. It's the Michael Richards show. So everyone says sitcom? Yeah. Is that what we're doing? Okay. Uh, you are right. It is Cheers. That is an episode of Cheers. Oh, okay. I believe Diane takes, or Sam? Takes Sam. Say Sam, something like that. Oh, Diane's such a bitch. Ah, Diane. Not cool, not cool. Uh, this is the last one, the final, the final one. Um, when the gang decides to ride out a storm at Amy's house things spiral out of control when they discover a manuscript written by Amy and portraying all of her friends. Is that Sonic? Or is that Sure, it's Sonic. Yeah, why not? That sounds extremely Mm sitcom-ish. That's why Sonic. Yeah, that's true. I'm gonna go with Sonic. Doug, what what obscure sitcom have you decided (laughs) it is, Doug? It is this hit CW show, Reba. Featuring Reba McIntyre <laughs> and uh, Steve Howie. It is, in fact, Sonic Boom. That is yeah. Sonic Boom. Madness. A manuscript written by Amy starring all of her friends in, uh, I assume, a poor light. Uh, it's actually a poor And there you go. That's it. That's it for Sonic or Sitcom, ladies and gentlemen. Another, is anybody keeping score? Another successful episode. No one, No one won. I, I guess Doug, <laughs> Doug definitely lost. We know that. <laughs> no one wins when Sonic is I, th- I, I think Michael probably won because he was able to call out not one but two of the sitcoms. That's true. Yeah. Which is pretty impressive. Although he probably just aped Home Improvement from Lucio, so I don't know. You were thinking it too? You both had the yes. same thought? Okay, all like right. Like I said, they had, they've had the lighting competition fight. Hey, if, yeah. you, if you... I remember more of Home Improvement than I did. So. If you say yeah, you're thinking about it, uh, then so be it. But uh, that's it for Sonic or Sitcom, so please join us next time for the hit new game that is sweeping the nation. And uh, see you around on that one. Well, I guess while we're talking Sonic. about Sonic, I should probably tell you about the game, huh? Yeah. Oh, right. There was a game. That's all right. Yeah. Um... What sitcom does it remind you of? Uh, none. A really bad one. No, actually, it's kind of disappointing because so far, um, it's just like 
passable. You know, like it's good enough mm. that it's, it's good enough that it's not funny, but it's not good enough that I'm like crazy about playing it. Um, first of all, I guess here's here's what I can say. Uh, the game, at least at the start, I feel like it's kind of tackling global warming a little bit. Um, because sure. <laughs> because Eggman, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eggman is harvesting or utilizing some kind of uh, mineral that is harmful to Sonic, or does he blame it on the Chinese? Or will I don't specifically know what the mineral is going to do yet, but the mineral is causing some kind of like it, it's Eggman's. It's part of Eggman's plan. But as a side effect of using or harvesting this mineral, he has also kind of made the planet start to freeze over. Um, and so Sonic and uh, Amy. When the game starts, they're just like running through an ice field and they come across like uh, a fissure in the ground uh, and it explodes and it gives them fire and ice powers in the span of like five seconds. And they immediately know how to use their fire and ice powers completely. Like there's no like they don't even really stop to talk about how they have powers. Like Sonic just sets himself on fire and jumps (laughs) in the sky to to attack an enemy like it just it barely it barely comes i've never seen something come up so briefly as it does here uh and then and then tails finally runs into him a little bit further on and he notices their powers and he's like they're they're tied to their communicators somehow and tails is like i can tweak these communicators using science and then we'll all have fire and ice powers and so now they all have fire and ice powers um I know this is Sonic. And they just kind of went like, okay. It's just, it's weird to me that they have a show that has detailed plots where they're reading manuscripts and having hurt feelings and stuff. And they just <laughs> couldn't even remotely be bothered to come up with a, with a reason why they got these powers or uh, really like introduce them in more than a single sentence where he's like, I guess we have fire and ice powers now. Um, totally rad. But they Don't do. You just wake up and have powers. Uh, not, not recently. They might as well. I mean, God, I wish. I don't know if I want fire and ice powers, though. They don't... The fire and ice specifically only seems to do two things, at least so far. Uh, the ice will melt. melt. <laughs> It'll melt. The... <laughs> this game made me fucking retarded. The ice... The ass will melt. The ass will melt. It'll melt. Well, the first of all, melt's not the melt right word. Melt your frozen hard, baby. It won't melt anything. The ice will freeze uh, water so that you can run on top of it. And the fire will allow you to melt blocks that are in your way. And uh, that seems to be, so far at least, the only things that those do. So about the two most so unimaginative you're, you're talking about, Yeah, we're, we're talking about awesome gameplay pioneered in the <laughs> 8-bit era. It kind of, the thing is, is like, it kind of just kills the flow to the game a little bit. So like, you can switch between characters. I think I think there's four or five characters total. And you can switch between any of them on the fly. And sometimes you have to. So, like, you'll run into a thing that requires Amy's hammer to knock it out of the way. Um, but all those moments, the, the character switching takes place on the touchpad. And uh, all those moments, like I said, like, they kill the flow. Like, you're running through the level super fast and you're having a great time. And then you run into, like, an obstacle and you have to switch to Amy and hammer the obstacle away. And uh, I don't know, it, it kind of, like I said, it, it kind of hurts the momentum a little bit. And same with the fire and ice powers. Sometimes you'll you'll miss something like that and 
uh, you'll have to like stop and switch and I don't know. It seems like a very cumbersome mechanic for a game that's built on, you know, just going fast. I'm surprised how many buttons there are to press. Uh, so there are like tethers that Sonic can swing on, but those are done with the A button and jumping's with the B button. And Sonic has like a dash he can do in the air, but that's the X button. Like you, you use all four face buttons for what I would consider to be like very simple acts. Like it seems more cumbersome than it has to be. But uh, and then you're also using the the triggers, the R and L to uh, switch through your fire and ice powers. But I mean, all in all, it's a pretty competent side scroller, at least so far. Like I haven't seen anything that's just like hilariously broken uh, like usual. So it's good in that regard. Whether or not I'm only through like the first world. I just did the first boss who the boss is kind of cool because he takes up both the screens but the problem is, is that because like to represent how big he is and uh, that's kind of neat. But the problem with it is, is that the second screen is for switching characters. So you can't switch characters while you fight the boss. Instead, it just switches them for you when you're in a situation where you need uh, one of the characters. And so it just kind of makes me feel like, like, why have it? So like the boss summons these pillars that you have to hit with Amy to knock them high enough so that Sonic can get on them and attack his face um but the game just switches you to amy when it's time for that like it doesn't make you figure out what to do or or anything along those lines so i don't know uh it only took about two levels before sonic uh got into his trademark uh submarine to (laughs) for for a submarine level the sonic mobile the sonic mobile and uh, shortly after that, I also got into a uh, speedboat for one of those classic Sonic speedboat levels. Okay, so sounding good so far. So, yeah, uh, they're, they're billed as mini games, but they're both effectively the same. They're both just dodge things until you get to the goal. So, so okay. Why don't they just like go all in with this like weird Sonic Boom stuff and just like make a game where you have to like go to the store and like pay Sonic's car insurance and yeah, just reskin the Sims. <laughs> this is where your yeah, basically this is where your match three uh, dating game comes in, right? You can't tell me fans wouldn't lose their shit over the opportunity <laughs> to date Sonic. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we know, we know, and match three things collectible card game Sonic collectible card game that's that's already got to be out there right Doug gets it at no point in this game have I opened a pack of anything Sonic Stone well the gifts that you're going to give the people have to be like cards right so you have to buy packs of gifts you you know what your reward for finishing uh, the submarine and speedboat levels are trading cards Uh in game trading cards I don't know what they do um, I keep being told to like go drop this stuff off at Sonic's house, but I don't know where Sonic's house is. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get there later or or what, but uh, so far I don't see where Sonic's house is. Your Sonic's Uber. That's also apparently where I can listen to the jukebox, so I'm looking forward to that. What? Uh, it's whatever. Yep. This game's pretty, yep. pretty keen to tell me that stuff. So... 
I don't know. Uh, uh, recipe book. What else? What else do you guys want to know about Sonic Boom? Is, is, is that all for now? It's pretty. Is simple. it going to save the series? No. Uh, uh, trick question. <laughs> the series doesn't need saving. At best, like I said, like I said, I mean, it's just it's kind of inoffensive right now. Um, I could see it really wearing me down by the end. Uh, but as, as as of this moment, it's pretty simple. It feels like I said, the controls feel a little too cumbersome for kids. Like I feel like there's a lot of buttons to learn and I'm sure I'll get into the groove of it pretty, pretty quickly, but kids aren't that dumb. Jerry. I, I guess not. I don't know. Trust me. They can grasp complex controls. We'll see how they've they got do. enough time to figure it out. Yeah. My kids are never going to touch a Sonic game because I don't allow heresy in my house. But well, you don't want to raise a furry. I'll send this. Exactly. I can send this to you when I'm done with it. And you can give, don't it, to send the, it, to give me. it to the no, kitties. No, don't send it to me. Yeah, that seems like the right thing to do. I'll destroy it. Will you? You'll set it afire? Yes, uh, ritually. Yeah, fair enough. You can record it. Put it on the podcast or the... <laughs> <laughs> the the yeah, let, let them listen to the soft crackle as the cartridge burns to pieces. <gasps> fire and ice. You put set it on fire and then you throw ice on it. <laughs> I know how those elements work now, thanks to Sonic. A Sonic of ice and fire. Oh man, yeah. See, and actually, <gasps> if the whole thing had been like a Game of Thrones parody, that would have been pretty. That would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. Whoa. Like, yeah. How, how Sonic and uh, you know, I don't know. Whatever Amy else. can be Arya. Sonic is uh, the kid. Other one. Rick and Stimmy. Rick and... <laughs> no, the, the, the one that everyone likes. Rickety Split. No one likes a kid in Game of Thrones. Rickety Split. Uh, what about the Mormon chick? What is her name? The 10-year-old. Everybody likes her. Uh, I don't think there's Mormons in Game of Thrones, Lucio. Mormont. Yeah, Mormons. I know. <laughs> Uh, you, you just can't get the Mormons out of your head, can you? It's all I think about. Um, all Mormons all the time. Yep. Uh, what else is there? Yeah, that's it. That's that's all the people. Um, I don't know. Should we? Uh, let, let's 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 have someone else talk about a game. So one one question before we go. <laughs> yeah, go for it. What is it gonna take for people to finally stop buying Sonic? It it it's it just won't. Like it's one of those things where. Uh, I, I think unless Sonic suddenly like became a neo-Nazi in the games, I don't know, man. I've seen some fun art. I think they would actually do it for some people. Yeah, I think it's one like of those you things. Said, you said that, and like some guy just got chubby. There are some yeah, franchises no or or trademarked characters that are just so big that they will always <laughs> sell something. Um, and I, I think that Sonic is is in that tier. I, I think no matter what, he's he's probably never going to fall so far that he doesn't have any fans. And the thing about it is, is he seems to have really young fans even today. Like uh, it's it's not forty year old men dressing up at home in hedgehog costumes. It's not to say that they don't exist, but um, it's or might be on this podcast, or might be on this podcast, hey, Michael. I told you that in confidence. <laughs> I, that's why I didn't say names, Doug. That's why oh, it's not, it's not me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we knew that. Yeah, just for the record, it's, it's not Doug. We believe that, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's true. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. 
Uh, All I know is that this is probably not the game that will change your mind about Sonic. Um, But so far... What did Bubsy do that Sonic did or did not do? He just he just wasn't uh it's it's literally just a marketing thing like he just has enough money and uh and like I said I mean he's just a well-known character like I think most people could tell you if you showed them Sonic the Hedgehog who that was whereas no one could tell you who Gex is Well I, I can Well yeah, yeah I mean we all know Gex we love Gex he's the greatest uh mascot He's, a, he's an iguana platformer no <laughs> Doug, you idiot. He's not. <laughs> Wait, are you really asking that? He's a slink. You know why his name's Gex, right? Yeah, because he's super Gexterous. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. Yeah, uh, we're funny. He's doing okay, man. Now he's he has a sweet gig doing the commercials for Aiko. He's a lizard. He's a gecko. There's some kind of a bird. He's a parakeet. A pigeon. Yeah, the pigeon that lives. He's in, Ralph Nader. He's a pigeon that lives in the backpack of a bear. Classic, classic Gex. Um. Uh, no, I, I, I can't. I, I won't talk about that yet. Uh, let's, let's, let's send this. Let's, let's pass the ball to Michael. Let's pass the speaking stick to, to Michael. You played a couple of games this week. Do you have a preference on which one you talk about first, or maybe at all? Uh, why don't we start with a positive note? So, yes, so the listeners might recall that we visited a uh, fringe expo called PAX not too recent or too long ago. Um, I don't remember. It wasn't very big. It's okay. Like, it's all right. Yeah, it was. We saw a couple of games. Like, the the car stalled in the middle of the road and they went into this barn and they had this expo. So we're like, oh, it's not as impressive. It's not as impressive in scope as EEE, but it is uh, is pretty close. It was no Salt Lake City Gaming Con. We'll just put it that way. Well, and what is? Nothing could be. I didn't see a single body pillow. (laughs) Um, You're right. Anyway, so you played this game there? Enough of the laughs. Yes. uh, (laughs) You might run. (laughs) <laughs> you might recall that uh, we were at the Polish booth, and one of the things that happened there is if you made eye contact with anyone, they'd snare <laughs> you into playing their game for 20 minutes. I well, recall something like that, yes. As we were finishing one of the games, another dev came up and grabbed me and asked if I wanted to come see his game, and I only had like five minutes before I had to move to my next appointment. So I said, yeah, I'd be happy to take a look, but you know, I, I, I got to be quick. And he started showing it to me, and I really just didn't have time, but it was something that kind of interested me. So I told him, well, let me, let me come back when I have a moment. We can, we can discuss more. And I never had the opportunity to make it back there. So I reached out to him uh, a couple weeks ago and asked if he might have a press build. And that is how I ended up with a uh, preview copy of Badass Hero, which is made by, let's see, Awesome Game Studios. Good name. Uh, right. Unless you're trying to look them up on the internet. Right, but right, yeah. It's a lot better than shitty game studio. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like, well. No, shitty game studio has done some good stuff lately. They're getting better. <laughs> Anyhow, the game is a roguelike platforming shooter. And if you know me, I don't like any of those things. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like hell to you, actually. <laughs> so... Even even when he like first brought me over to his booth to show off his game, I was like, oh no. 
but um, what I like about this game is the idea is that it is a comic book. Like the main character is a is a comic book hero called Badass Hero, and basically he's just he's just kind of like Duke Nukem. Like he's just a, a guy with a gun who kills a bunch of monsters or Nazis or what have you. But uh, each each level is like a series of comic book pages, and you'll move from like page to page, and each you know panel will be a, a procedurally generated level that will have you know different enemies, uh, different pickups. Like you can get, find different guns, but the idea is that as you uh, kill enemies, you chain together combos, and the higher your combos go, you get more ink, which you use to upgrade your hero in between playthroughs. Um. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it. I mean, to describe it, there's not a whole lot of it that stands out, but I Did sat you down ever... to... Sorry? Hmm? Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I sat down to play it to give it a shot, and I ended up playing it for like six hours. Uh, hmm. And I'm not I'm not doing very well at it. I'm actually a pretty, pretty bad at being the badass hero, but <laughs> it's just a... The action is pretty good. You know, like the, the gunplay is fun. The chaining together of combos makes it like so that you're always trying to play at a fast pace. Like you never want to lose that combo meter, so you're just running around shooting everything. Uh, but it's just it's well well balanced, I guess. Um, one of the things that I generally don't like about roguelikes is that they're just garbage. I don't know. Well, yes, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like I play a roguelike and I don't have fun. With the core mechanic, I, I feel like right. they're they're just generally not very well fleshed out, or right. So the problem that roguelikes generally have is that they rely too much on the procedural generation. Mm-hmm. So what you end up being is with some runs where you can be, you know, everything goes right with you, or you can end up with a run where like nothing good happens. Yeah, yeah, and that's actually something I would say this game does a really good job of is even though each run of the map is random. I never run into a situation where I'm just getting like you know pinned to the wall and destroyed. Each one feels fairly, uh, fairly good. Like if this were a 16-bit game, you could just you know generate one run and call this a video game. Mm-hmm. That's so uh, I'll do a write-up of it, and I think it'll make more sense with some screenshots, or maybe even try to do some video of it. But uh, mm-hmm. I felt bad because I I didn't get back to the booth, but I. Uh, I actually had a pretty good time with this, or I'm having a pretty good time with it, and uh, I'd like to get some get some eyes on it. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, that's a. Uh, it sounds like you've uh, gotten a pretty good amount of mileage out of something that I might have worried wouldn't have any mileage. So that's... yeah, I still haven't actually. So oh, that is one thing I'll say is that it does a really good job with the comic book aspect of it. Like not only just the style, but um, like when you go to upgrade your hero. You go to the Badass Hero Ultimate Compendium book, so it's it's kind of along the lines of something you might buy as in a bookstore as like an addition to a comic series. Okay. And then yeah. each series or each uh, each level is a different you know adventure. Um, one thing I really enjoy is that when you find a new upgrade, like if you find some body armor in the jungle, and you you go to check out or check it out, it'll be say like. The Viking armor from ep- or, uh, you know episode two fifteen not episodes uh, whatever comic issue yeah yeah issue two fifteen in the lair of the monster people or something like that um, and each one has a different uh, a different issue that it comes from and it goes a long way to make it just kind of like a charming like this this feels like it's an actually an actual comic book 
That's really cool. Yeah. Um, read art. So, hmm? one of the things that I was going to ask is, do you remember this game from the Genesis called Comic Zone? Fuck yes. yeah, Comic Zone! Yeah. So it kind of, like, when you're describing it, I kind of pictured that in my head. I guess not quite as junky as, you know, Comic Zone would look like today. No, Although, no, that game looks great. It just, yes, plays, it, just it just plays like ass because it's a <laughs> super, super hard fucking game. And even back then, it is. It uh, is, it's, yeah. just, it's just a joke of a game. Um, yeah, it was it was maybe not the funnest game, but, but it was but super from, badass. But from a graphics perspective, it still looks pretty, pretty nice. It, oh, that's good to hear. It does not play up the comic book aspect quite so much. Like there's never a point where like you tear up a page or use an eraser to destroy something, destroy an enemy. But uh, right, of course. But no, I, I I kind of got the same vibe at first. Cool. Yeah. I might actually check this out. I was I, always uh, I was like Comic Zone. I mean, it's definitely it's not it's not like Comic Zone even in um, even in yeah, mechanics because you're shooting you're right. shooting stuff. But yeah, but I mean the concepts. Yeah. Know, basically, fighting to a comic book. So that's yeah, pretty much. So that's badass hero. Yeah. What's the, uh, surprisingly cool? What's the other uh, little game that's been keeping your time? Okay, so the other one is from our dear friends at Tiny Build, and it is Diaries of a Space Spaceport Janitor. No, yeah. noticeably absent from their booth at PAX, I believe. Right, not at their booth at PAX. Um, they did not send out review copies until the day that it released. And even then, Tiny Tiny Build will give you like a hundred keys if you ask them for it. Uh, they said that in this one we actually had to reach out, and they had a limited number of press copies. So as you might imagine, things are a little amiss here in the, uh, the land of diaries of a spaceport janitor. I mean, it's not uh, it's not new. Like it, it looks a lot like another game that Tiny Build published called uh, Lovely Planet. And um, you, you have to look it up to see what I'm talking about. But as soon as you look at it, I think you can see where the comparison comes from. I think they're separate developers. I don't think they were made by the same teams or anything like that. But um, I don't know. Just it looks, Oh, yeah. I remember this thing. Remember that game? Yeah, this I definitely does not play the same as Lovely Planet. No, but it kind no. of uh, I, can, I can see where you'd make the comparison. But so anyhow, what are, you, what are you doing in this game? Uh, hating it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely hating it the game builds itself as the anti-adventure the idea is that you are an alien on a spaceport and your job is to pick up garbage to litter the spaceport um and it talks about how your your alien girl dreams of you know leaving the spaceport and finding a new home on a new planet or something like that the the idea that i got from reading the description was that there was going to be maybe a bit of a story or kind of like a i don't know a a human tale behind this story not just a like not like a no man's sky like let's just all chill out and play a cool game well even even a game like badass hero it has a story but you know you just you're you're the tough guy who shoots things I was expecting something where I was going to meet this character and, you know, take part in her interactions, meet people, uh, maybe. So you you were expecting something closer to, I guess, like, this is a police or um, papers, please, or something like that, where maybe you're not like a super tough guy who, like, you know, destroys everything. But, you know, maybe you, like, get to experience, like, the crazy, stupid shit that this person goes through. Yeah, just even something like just even a slice of life type thing. 
But instead what happens is the game, I mean, you literally do pick up garbage and get paid for it. But you walk around this just visually offensive spaceport. <laughs> oh my god, it is... The whole game is a nightmare to all of the senses. It's ugly and multicolored and gross looking. The simulant taste bad? Um, yeah. I'm, How would you know? I pick up a lot of like vomit and bubbling okay, messes. Okay. So you know, enough, you kinda get a get a taste in the back of your throat. Uh, but probably <laughs> the worst thing is the soundtrack. And I know it's it's the type of thing where somewhere out there, there's some freak who, you know, in between jacking it to anime, probably listens to this on his on his his zoom and really enjoys it. But it's this horrible, almost <laughs> Alvin the Chipmunk style like voice modulation oh, enemy, enemy chipper. Oh, it's just it's so hard to listen to. And it's so hard to look at, and it's so hard to play because there's nothing to do except for walk around and pick up garbage and try to go find goddess statues so you can pray at them to get luck, even though luck doesn't do anything. And I just, I hate it. I hate it so much. It's your dinner date. Kind of, yes. I mean, it has more to do than dinner dinner date, but I don't know. It. I guess, you know, shame on me for making expectations about the game before I played it. I think it was good. Yeah, Michael, fuck you for thinking a game should be fun. Well, the way they described it, I was intrigued. Like I, like I said, I thought it might be kind of a fun story to interact I, 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 I could see this being fun. It's got a lot of achievements, so, I mean, there's got to be more shit to do. Oh, yeah, I mean, there is uh, there is a story of sorts. So the game starts out... Oh, and here, actually, this leads to another, another problem I have with the game. The game starts out, and you find a map to a dungeon, and for some reason, the spaceport has dungeons. Like like they sure. do, yeah. Right. So I go to a to a street hawker and I buy an eye of bleb or something, which I have to eat before I go into the dungeon. I go into the dungeon and then I get cursed uh, by a evil spirit. So for the entirety of the game, I have this skull that floats around me while I walk around, and occasionally it shrieks, you know, making more noise. <laughs> <laughs> and I think my goal is to get rid of the curse, but I can't. It's it's a fairly big map, and I, there is no like I don't have a map that I can look at. So I'm just wandering around, looking at all these hideous looking buildings and being attacked. Not even attacked, just accosted by annoying monsters trying to sell me things that I don't want. When when they call it an anti adventure, they were being extremely literal because there is nothing at all close to an adventure. This is like a monotony simulator. I mean, if the actual main gameplay were fun, that would be fine. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if your job was, you know, like we were talking about Beat Cop the other day, mm. where you had like, you know, you, that it sounds kind of like, you know, those kind of job simulator games, right? So, you know, Papers, Please, Beat Cop, this is the yeah. You know, those games where you're, you're basically working a shitty job that in a menial way that those are very repetitive and kind of you know monotonous and but but there's stuff around it that makes you you know makes it interesting that makes there's story or intrigue that goes right. along with it yeah but it's all you know told kind of by the lens of your shitty day job right um, and I personally so the, the, I really enjoy those kind of games like paper right, those are, I like those and beat cop man I can't wait for beat cop but this thing is just I'm so gonna, it sounds like it wants to be that, but it doesn't. 
I don't even yeah. know if it set out to be that. I I think they really intentionally set out to make a very banal kind of game nothing of, game happens. about nothing. Yeah, kind of. I, and I, I don't want to live the. Uh, I'm going to take the sunset stance on this and say that there's a great game in there. You just haven't looked hard enough for it. Yeah, you know idiot. What? Fuck you. So you know, you, you should at least play it two more I'm times. I'm still kind of pissed off that I had to play Sunset to settle that argument between you two. <laughs> well, you apparently didn't play it right because he lost the argument. <laughs> no, he won the argument. I didn't win any argument. The game got a two and it deserved a one. That's true. It Nobody, everybody lost. Forever, forever on our website. There's so many games now that Sunset will score higher than <laughs> that it just truly won't deserve. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor no not recommended no I'll probably give it a 2 there's despite all of the pro- its problems there's occasional parts where I'm charmed by it a little bit but um, for the most part and I don't want to levy accusations like these but I think they they kind of set out with the idea that if they do Something stupid, people will be convinced that it's secretly great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, for no, example, there's there, there, there are, are game t- there are games that we hate that everybody else seems to love. Yeah, yeah, like that uh, that one I talked about last week. That uh, yeah, Wheels of Aurelia from the Mirror Moon people. Um, yeah, actually, that that's kind of uh, along the to, same vein. I need to finish my review for still, but like people, people are like putting it on game of the year lists and I just don't understand even a little bit. And I feel like I'm pretty open-minded. Like I, I started catching up on Kentucky route zero this week. And while I was playing it, I was like, man, this would piss a lot of people off. Like this, this game is, uh, is definitely, I, I don't know that I'd say experimental, but like it's very postmodern. Uh, but I feel like I am open-minded enough that I can get along with stuff like that. But I think there's like postmodern, and then I think there's like I tried to do postmodern and I can't do it right, and it doesn't matter anyway. Give me money, please. Give me money, please. Yes. I deserve money for trying. So maybe we should uh, finish our discussion with a, a, a positive note then. Um, okay. Because I got. A, oh wait, no, no. I picked up a, a new title today, and uh, it is under embargo, so I can't talk about it, I think, too much, but I don't think they would mind me. It's just a review embargo, as far as I can tell, uh, but I, I don't think they would mind me giving some initial impressions. Um, but I have been playing a game uh, called Aragami. Have you guys heard of this or seen this, aside from just like me linking to it? The nope. Art of Japanese Paper Folding? No, that's yeah. Origami. Oh, okay. This is Aragami. Aragami seems to be a vengeful ghost. Um, At least I. The uh, characters are brutal and god. Okay, so there you go. So brutal god. Uh, So that sounds a lot better than Aragami. It's uh, like I want to play brutal god. It's a game that's developed in Barcelona, so presumably, probably fucking Japanese as fuck. Then probably not native English speakers. Um, or Japanese speakers. And so, yeah, well, and, and I, I can't tell. I haven't turned my sound up loud enough yet. I don't know if the voice acting is in Japanese or if it's like Banjo-Kazooie where they're like, rrr, rrr, rrr. I'm not it's sure. I'm not sure which it, one it is. It's not Banjo-Kazooie, it's Catalan. It probably is Japanese, but in typical Japanese fashion, 
they seem to have a lot of situations where they talk for like five seconds where they're like hush da da and like the the text is just still going it's like man he's got so much that he said in such a brief span of time <laughs> um but uh the story's kind of inconsequential and probably something that they don't want me spoiling here, so I won't go too deep into it. But Aragami is basically a stealth game, uh, in the vein of I think the I think the closest comparison is Tenchu, uh, just because it takes place in like a feudal looking Japan. Um, but uh, having said that, it it shares similarities with other games as well. Um, it is very heavily shadow based, so if your character is hiding in shadow. Uh, that is where he will recharge his abilities. That's where he is best hidden. If you're crouching in a shadow, enemies can get relatively close to you before they'll be able to see you. Um, I'm still kind of learning how enemies work and like where their lines of sight are. There's no radar or anything like that to help you. Um, but it's a uh, it's a very cool game, and it is a game that is not fucking around at all. Uh, if you get seen, most enemies have like a single sword swipe move that they do that will launch a projectile at you, and it's a one-hit kill. So it is very much like... It, it's not like a lot of other games where you can just... It's not like Metal Gear where you can just kill everybody. Um, you you have to stealth through this game. You can do that in a lethal fashion, or you can do that by dodging enemies and avoiding them entirely, but but that's it. You're You're doing stealth no matter what. Uh, there's, there's, I don't think there's ever going to be a point in the game where you'll be able to go toe to toe with another enemy. It seems like, um, but so far really, really good. Um, most of the gameplay hinges on your ability to teleport. So if you aim your, your target at a, uh, at a shadow and press the right bumper, you will basically blink over to wherever you were pointing. Uh, I think use the word blink. Because that's exactly what I was thinking about. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And uh, it only works on shadow, but like one of the first uh, extra abilities that I picked up is a move that lets you basically create shadow on any area of ground for just a couple seconds. So sometimes I'll see something that I, I'll I'll see like an area that I want to blink over to, but I can't quite get to it. And so I'll summon a little patch of shadow on the ground and jump over to that and then jump one more over to the corner that I want to get to. Um, by default, you actually don't have a lot that you can do. You start the game with that blink move, and that's about it. Uh, you can do stealth kills. You can do aerial kills if you're standing above somebody, uh, but that's pretty much the end of your moves. You can't pick up bodies. You can't drag anybody anywhere. And so I found that early on, the game really kind of incentivized you not to kill people uh, because it's very easy for bodies to be discovered and that will trigger alarms. And when an alarm goes off, you a lose a huge amount of score for the level. Uh, but it also does not seem to take long for people to find you. Like they're unlike other games, they're very good at searching and uh, they'll find you pretty quickly no matter where you are. So they don't look behind them and then decide it was nothing. Yeah, no, that's not quite like that. Must have been the way. My imagination. No, if they if they find a body that they, I don't think they get over it. Like they're they're if you hide from them really well, maybe they do get over it. But both times they found bodies for me, like I, they've been on me in just seconds. Uh, sometimes when I was pretty far away. So hmm. we talked about games that you couldn't just run through, like mm-hmm. Watch Dogs Two. This is probably one of them. Like I, I think you would 
uh, you would have a hard time cheating this game. Um, but really, really solid stealth. The whole thing controls really nicely, runs really smooth. It's got these beautiful cell shaded graphics. Um, it looks really good. And it's from a very small team. Uh, I, I think it's like, I think they said it was like five people who made the original, uh, like student version of the game that they were making. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm super impressed kind of across the board. I think if there are things I was concerned about right now is one is I worry that I've probably seen all the architecture and like art assets that this game has to offer. Um, I have a feeling the whole thing might just take place in like this one type of building and this, these outdoor courtyards, um, Mm. which is a little bit of a bummer, but also something that I kind of understand given, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a small team. Like at the end of the day, this is an indie game that just happens to have a crazy amount of polish on it. And, and I do mean a crazy amount of polish. There's a lot of just just little choices. Something that I would, right, I, would, I would rather they do that than have, you know, five different levels and... Yeah, yeah. Procedural no. generation and they were, right, exactly. roguelikes. They were saying that they thought it was between 8 and 14 hours in total, I think. Really? Um, so it's going to be 6. So, yeah, I mean, in theory. But uh, so far, so good. And I finally unlocked my ability. It does have a skill tree that you can pretty much go through however you want in whatever order you want. And uh, the first ability I picked out is the one that lets you uh, basically disintegrate bodies after you kill them. So now I'm Dr. Murder. Now now everybody is, is <laughs> falling victim to, to, my, to my stealth ways. But yeah, um, pretty cool. And it comes out next week. So... Keep an eye out for that. I'm going to try my very hardest to do a video review of the game, um, but we'll we'll see how that goes. That might be easier said than done, but I don't know. Any questions? Easy enough? Yeah, sounds pretty good. Looks pretty good. Uh, yeah, looks pretty cool. I'll show you guys more. I'll let you know. I'll report back next week with my final findings. There, there are little things where when I see them, I kind of worry about it a little bit, but uh, for the most part, like I said, I've been I've been really impressed with the first couple hours. Right, let's give us some time to disappoint you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, by all means, it sounds like we still have at least five hours, four hours for it to bum me out. Yep. So. All right, well, I think that does it for us cynical folks here uh, this week. If you enjoyed our podcast, why don't you write us an email? Let us know how great you thought it was. We're at contact at enemyslime.com. You should also be following us on Facebook and Twitter. We are at the Enemy Slime on both of those services. Um. And I, uh, I think that's it. There's really not much uh, more. Going and on. if you hate us, write us an email too, pussy. What are you waiting for? Yeah, send us an Fucking email. Dare you? Send us an email too, Michael. Sissy. Michael will fight you. He doesn't care. He'll fight anyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm he's fighting a, a guy right now. He's a renegade. And I was that's serious, right. kids. Talk to your parents about me. <laughs> 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 All right. I, I don't I, think I can stop that one. I, th- I think with that, we're out. <laughs>